Right now, wherever you are listening to this, at home, in bed, on the commute to work, if you're still working, or perhaps you're sitting out in the garden, if you're lucky to have one and the weather is good, things are, right now, economically, financially, and personally tough for many of us. I'm recording this on the 21st of April 2020, and you don't need me to tell you that your training business and coaching business is not where you thought it would be this time last year. Mine has suffered as a result. And I think that's true for many of us in the training business. A good deal of my work has been cancelled or postponed. Is this true for you? Well, I hope not. But if our clients don't need us right now, that is not to say they won't need us in the future or the near future. Your clients will need you again. Good times or bad times, we need to keep on keeping on and to use the power of habit to get into the habit of doing things that focus your mind and keep you busy when maybe everything around you is up in the air. So today I'm going to give you five pretty straightforward habits to keep you focused, to keep you on your toes doing things which will strengthen your business mindset. This is episode 84 of the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hi, welcome to the Training Business Podcast. My name is Mark. I'm the host of the show, this weekly podcast, which comes out every single Thursday. This is the show for people like you and I, people who are freelance trainers, training business owners, coaches, training consultants around the world, wherever you are, and there are listeners to this show in many countries. The goal of this show, every episode of this show, is to help you to start to grow and to scale a profitable training business. As I said, there is an episode every single Thursday. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, to name just a few platforms. As I said before the music, before the intro today, today's episode is designed to give you some easy-to-set-up daily habits. These are just my ideas, of course, and I and whilst I could come up with eight or nine or maybe ten, I think five is a nice, easy number. Nobody is perfect, I'm not perfect, and you don't have to be perfect to adopt these habits and to ingrain these habits. You just have to execute these habits. You just have to make a decision about which of these or some of these or all of these or none of these you want to make a part of your daily schedule. And in talking to a few training people in the last week or so, the thing that seems to be a recurring theme is the fact that right now, working from home or working under restricted or unusual circumstances in this current time, the theme that pops up quite a bit is this loss of structure, this this every day being the same day as yesterday, where maybe the work environment and the home environment have become the same environment. We are creatures of habit, even if we think we're not. We probably shop in the same place, probably buy the same kinds of clothes and groceries, and we watch the same kind of programs. And we do this because we don't have to think. It's automatic. It's natural. It's second nature. So what does this tell you? Well, this tells you that when we do things in such a way, so often and so regularly, so consistently, that we do them automatically without thinking, well, that's going to give you some feeling of control. 
And that's something else that has become a recent theme in conversations I've had, this feeling of having no control. And when things are beyond your control, most of us, you and I, are going to feel some kind of mental stress, some kind of mental duress. Is that true for you? So what if we could control the controllables? What if you could begin to control, take control or take back control of things which give you a feeling of control? Would that help you? Would it? I think so. And that's why I've come up with five simple things today which are going to help you and me because I need to remind myself of these things too, very often, to leverage the power of habit and to strengthen your business mindset and my business mindset. So here are the tips today, five things or five habits to strengthen your business mindset. The first thing is to read something. And this is a phrase I've used many times with clients in training programs and workshops and coaching sessions with a group or one-to-one. And it's this phrase, this expression, readers are leaders, leaders are readers. We have to, and you have to, and you've to take advantage of the things at your fingertips. You and I have access to podcasts like this one, audiobooks, ebooks, and paperback books. You are surrounded by information, maybe at home or in the office or online by great information from very, very clever people whose experience and insight can help you in many ways. If you can somehow ingrain the habit of reading even for 15 minutes or 30 minutes every single day, you'll be amazed how much progress you make and how many books you read over the course of a month or six months or a year. Now, I know that some of you are perhaps not the kind of people who are used to reading physical books, and this is why I like to mix things up and listen to audiobooks, other people's podcasts. I like to read and reread great paperback uh, business books and hardback books. And uh, as people close to me would say, I find it really hard to, to read f- uh, fiction books. For some reason, my brain works in the way that I get value from things when I feel I can learn them and apply them. Is this true for you? Maybe not. I think there's a time to read for pleasure and a time to read for progress or performance. And that's why I like to divide up the kind of listening and reading that I do. So at nighttime, I'll often listen to stuff which is that kind of stuff which helps me to unwind from the BBC or from other websites or podcasts. Nothing to do with business, just the kind of stuff that kind of frees my mind off to drift to sleep. But in the daytime, I need to find things which help me to switch on, not to drift off, but to apply and to learn and to get results. So you don't have to find your books on Amazon. There are other sites out there like Wordery and Book Depository, but wherever you get your books from, taking 15 to 30 minutes every day to invest in your knowledge and subject matter expertise, well, that's going to make you a more powerful trainer, coach, consultant, isn't it? You're going to be up to date with industry-specific knowledge. You will be increasing your worth to clients, and you will be able to apply new models, new thinking, new ideas, new technology, things you don't perhaps yet know, and these are things which could help you. I like to mark my books with a red pen. I sometimes take screenshots of a book and print it off. Some books, again, are are for pleasure, but the books that I read in the daytime are books which can help me apply something to business. There's no point, I think, just reading a book and putting it away. What you could do is to create a learning log, and this is something we often ask of our students, isn't it? And keep this learning log on G Drive and update this daily so you can see progress 
and access it from multiple devices. It could be a Word document, anything which allows you to follow along and to remind yourself of things you've learned. So it becomes a kind of a reminder to apply those things you've learned from different books and different places and to keep them all in one place. If you think of previous episodes of this podcast, we had uh, someone called Robbie Anderson from episode 77, who talked about one of my favorite books called The Chimp Paradox. So there are great books on psychology out there. Uh, There are books on sales. And in episode 57, we had Grant Cardone, one of my favorite sales authors, perhaps the most successful sales trainer in the world today. That was a great conversation with Grant in episode 57. You can read books on training evaluation. And in episode 50 of this podcast, we had Wendy Kirkpatrick, who talked about the famous uh, Kirkpatrick model of training evaluation. You can read books on coaching. And in episode 70 of this podcast, we had Marshall Goldsmith, perhaps the best-known coach in the world today, on that episode before Christmas in 2019. And you can also, of course, read books on marketing, on brand development. And to that end, we had Chris Ducker in episode 51 back last year in 2019 on that very subject. So again, readers are leaders, so read something and apply it. The next thing is to post something. So whether you're on Instagram or Snapchat or Pinterest or LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook, there is a platform out there where the kind of people you want to connect with are online. And each of these has a different appeal And to be honest, I don't understand all of them, but that's not the point. The question is, is there an opportunity on one of those, some of those or all of those to connect with the people who could give you business? And that really is a question you have to answer yourself. I spent quite a long time last year, 2019, posting on Instagram, and it didn't do very much uh, for me and the same with Twitter. On the other hand, there are people who swear by these platforms. So maybe it's my approach that has to change. Maybe I've got to learn something on those topics. And that's something we'll look at today, learning things. But the fact is that right now in 2020, and probably for a long time to come, people are going to go online to find things online, to find out things online, and to find people who can teach them uh, things which can help them in their business. So this means that you have to be online in some form and posting some kind of content in some form to be able to put yourself in front of these people who need your business, who need your training business, your coaching business, your consultancy business. If you haven't got a website or a blog or a presence on the internet or social media platforms where you post content, you might as well not exist. By posting on a regular basis, one, you will strengthen your presence, two, you will give a voice to your brand, And three, you will have an opportunity to stand out from others in your space. And this advice was given to me a while ago, which was to focus on just two or three social media platforms. And this is not to say that you cannot hire other people like a virtual assistant to reformat and post your content from your main uh, sources or the main places you post your content and to post that content on other platforms on your behalf. But the thing is, you will inevitably find that some platforms yield better results than others. But be careful what kind of content you create. There's no shortage of cat videos out there and rehashed, regurgitated, recycled, second-rate content. So just posting stuff for the sake of posting stuff is not what we're talking about here. It's not going to be doing you any favors 
if that's the kind of stuff which you're going to write. So you can start with 200 words and then go to 500 words, 700 words, and eventually post what is called in the business long-form posts. So 2,500 words upwards. And to the best of my knowledge, this is interesting, Google's algorithm favors posts which are long, which are unique on a regular basis. So if your blog is posting content on a regular basis, that content is unique, it's keyword rich, and it's long format. For some reason, Google's algorithm seems to favor that. So the point is, once or twice a week or a couple of times a month, sit down and write something, then post it so people can see it, read it, and use it. Number three today is to ask something. And while we're on the subject of posting things online, you have a tremendous opportunity not just to tell people things, but to ask people things. And I gave a webinar on this topic recently, in fact, last uh, Thursday, on the topic of how to strengthen a conversation with your clients and your audience, because that's going to give you an edge on your competitors. And I think I tried this last year, something else I learned from someone else, and he called this the Trojan horse technique. And this is where I used this technique to call up a couple of contacts in LinkedIn last summer in 2019. And I made it clear that I was in the middle of developing a new program, nothing to sell just yet, but I would appreciate a 10-minute phone call to get their views and suggestions. Now, of course, it depends how you approach this, how you phrase this, how you sell it, because depending on how you pitch it, some people might think this this request for help or ideas is a sales pitch in disguise. But interestingly, the people, not everyone, but I think I had at least nine really good conversations out of about 50 or 60 requests on LinkedIn. Those people agreed to it. They gave me, in many cases, more than 10 minutes. I, of course, offered to end the call at 10 minutes to keep my word. But what really is interesting is this helped me to um, to think of the language they're using to describe their problems. Many of these conversations gave me ideas I hadn't thought of, and they helped me to really understand their problems. But crucially, crucially, the way they describe them, the language they use to describe their world, their problems, and their goals. Why is this useful? Because this is exactly the kind of content which you can use in your copy, in your posts, in your blogs. And that's point two today, which is to post something. If you're posting stuff, stuff which mirrors, reflects, plays back the language that prospects are using, this is going to increase your findability online. It makes sense, doesn't it? And you can use surveys from surveymonkey.com or quizzes, lots of software and quizzes out there you can stick on your website. Quizzes. And sometimes using Google Ads to drive people to those quizzes, giving people a competition to answer questions. Now, it's more than the skill that I'm good at, but there are people out there who can help you do these things, set these things up. But however you do it, whether it's one of those quizzes or surveys or simply sending an email to get some kind of phone call, to get some kind of conversation via Zoom or Skype or face-to-face or over the phone, you can call up a past client or a current client and make it clear you're trying to develop something, not just to pitch them, but to understand something. And what some people do is they often ask a question in a Facebook group or a LinkedIn group and they get feedback. But you have to record this feedback. So perhaps you're thinking of developing a course right now or some kind of webinar or workshop. 
you might think is a great idea and you might plan, you know, some outline, you might plow ahead, but then you realize that something like this exists in the marketplace or worse, there is no demand for it. So by asking and getting better at asking, three things will happen. One, you will get genuine feedback and great ideas. Number two, you will learn the language that people use to describe their problems. And this tells you a lot about their world. And number three, you will learn how to sell someone the solution to that problem by playing or playing back or marketing back that language using the language, the words they've used. So whether it's a phone call, a Zoom call, some kind of uh, interaction in some way, you need to get people to answer questions and you do that by asking them questions. Before top companies ever produce any product or service and market this, they really understand the marketplace by asking great questions of the market. So you must do the same. Okay, next today is number three, if I counted this correctly, and this is to watch something. Every 60 minutes or so, and by the time you're listening to this, this may be out of date, this fact, but I've read somewhere that a couple of hundred hours, a couple of hundred hours of video content goes up to YouTube every single hour, perhaps every 30 minutes or less. I read some amazing statistic. I'm not sure about the exact source, and I'm I want to be careful here in quoting something which could not be accurate, but I read it's something phenomenal every single hour, hundreds and hundreds of hours of content goes up to YouTube. A lot of it is irrelevant, quite frankly, but a lot of it is really helpful. And right now I'm watching videos from experts on improving my LinkedIn presence. I'm also watching YouTube videos on how to improve Facebook ads and Google ads. And you can learn from Google's videos online on how to set up Google search ads or Google's search console or Google's keyword finder. Lots of stuff, some of it beyond my abilities. And if you're not technically minded, you can, of course, outsource some of these jobs to great virtual assistants online. And I gave you some tips on doing this in last week's episode, episode 82, which is entitled How to Find a Virtual Assistant Right Now. So if you've not heard that, go back and listen to that episode. But as a learning professional, you and I know that one of the learning modes that humans possess is visual, isn't it? It's it means that people like to learn not just by reading or th- or touching or that's tactile or kinesthetic learning or listening by by listening or learning by listening which is auditory learning but listening and learning by looking and at images and pictures and charts and diagrams and of course videos and you are no different and of course there's a time for watching videos and catching up on Ozark or your favorite Netflix show whatever that is I'm just starting on Ozark right now, but a good deal of your time could be spent and wisely invested in watching videos, which will help you in your business on topics such as marketing and psychology and sales, etc. And I mentioned a couple of guests earlier on today who were on the podcast uh, last year, some really big names, and of course they have written books. And that's something I will look at in a future episode of the show, how to get started on writing a book, because that's something I'm taking seriously, at least planning it in 2020. Now, in terms of videos, you can also take a course on Coursera, C-O-U-R-S-E-R-A.com. And that's a great course because, or website, because it hosts online courses from many amazing universities worldwide on that platform. These are not just, you know, off the shelf courses. 
well, they are in a way, but they're kind of, they're university accredited courses. And these are courses which if you pay for the uh, certification, the courses invariably are free, but you could pay for the certification and that you can append electronically to your LinkedIn profile. How cool is that? You could learn how to configure uh, QuickBooks or Xero or whichever accounting software package you're using, and you could go to Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y, U-D-E-M-Y.com for thousands of great courses on that platform. Here's something else. If you were right now thinking of it or entertaining the idea, you could also create your own course and sell that online on Udemy.com or Teachable.com. So a couple of sources there to find courses and maybe to create courses and sell courses. The great thing, of course, is that a lot of useful content online is free. You could learn how to add a plug-in to your WordPress site or to develop your unbounce.com website page or leadpages.net landing pages. There's just so much out there, hundreds and thousands and millions of hours of content, some of it great, some of it not so great. But the point is this, there is great content there, which is going to answer a problem, solve a problem, answer a question that you have right now. But it's important that you don't just watch it, that you learn from it and you apply it to get results. The last thing today is to sell something. And this is uh, a hot topic, isn't it? Because I kind of left this until last on purpose. As business owners, we are in business to the extent that people In fact, only to the extent that people are willing to buy from us. It's true, isn't it? Very often, many trainers put up a website or create a course and cross their fingers, hoping that someone will be kind enough to buy it. But nothing happens until you sell something. Unless sales is doing this job, there is nothing to pay for anything else. And selling is not just the job of salespeople. Perhaps you don't have any salespeople. If you're running a small training or coaching business, you are the VP of sales, the head of marketing, the CEO, and the chairman of the board. And even if you're not that person or all of those roles, selling is still something that has to be done by someone. I know some people have sales teams, in which case you can outsource this, but actually the buck stops with you. A lot of trainers are great at designing programs and delivering programs, but many of them are not the world's greatest at selling their programs. And this is a pity. And even in economic conditions where times are tough, we need to keep on selling because it's like a muscle that needs to be exercised. It's surprising how many trainers and consultants and coaches admit they are uncomfortable asking for business and closing business. And that's that muscle. It gets weak and weaker. So right now, if we're not selling or thinking that no one's buying because times are tough, because we're in the middle of this COVID-19 pandemic. There, I've said it. I won't say it again. Um, it's, It's a big mistake to believe that people are not buying. They are. There are many industries right now which are really doing extremely well. Okay, not travel, not tourism, not retail, but a lot of online businesses, a lot of insurance companies, a lot of companies are trading very well. Thank you very much. And they still need training. Perhaps not every industry is buying right now exactly what you have to sell, but many are. And it's up to you and I to get ourselves in front of those people and to pitch our solutions. Now, as I've said in previous episodes, you have to understand your client's pain points and value points, 
before you can confidently sell them a solution. And this is something which I gave you in last week's episode, in episode 83, which is how to build long-lasting client relationships. The people who come out of this crisis in a good position will be the people who keep the doors open and the money coming in, and that means selling. Even if you don't like it or feel you can do it, you have got to sell. So five habits to strengthen, to develop, to really boost and strengthen your business mindset are those five habits we've covered today. One more time, they are the principles of reading something every day. Readers are leaders, 15 or 30 minutes. Posting something, finding an opportunity and platform to put content online, which rings a bell with the kinds of people looking for people like you. Number three, ask something, which means finding an opportunity to consult with someone, to ask them great questions, to uncover needs and problems and pain points and value pain points, and to listen to the language they use in describing those problems and to cycle that back into the kinds of marketing content which attracts them in the first place. The fourth one today was watch something. There is no shortage right now of great videos, great visual content online, which can teach you something and improve what it is you do, what it is you know, and the value of yourself and your knowledge to other people. And a lot of this content is free. Some of it's paid. I mentioned Coursera for paid certifications, if that's something you want to do. But downtime, for example, in this current climate, need not be down and out time. Downtime need not be down and out time. Watch something, certify yourself in something, apply it, and get results. And lastly today, number five, is to sell something. We are in a business, which means we've got to keep on putting ourselves out there and letting people know we're open for business and getting them to exchange what we have and do and know in exchange for money, which keeps your business open and thriving and surviving. So five things today, read, post, ask, watch, and sell. And all that remains for me to do is to thank you again for tuning in this week. Thanks for all your support. I'd love you to leave a rating on Apple Podcasts because this helps us to promote the show, to attract the right guests to the show who can help you with your training business. You can check out the podcast, of course, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. And my best wishes, of course, to you in signing off today, you and your families. Until next Thursday, keep selling, keep training, keep safe, and see you next week. Bye for now. Thanks once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Go to trainingbusiness.com and subscribe right now to be notified of great competitions, upcoming VIP episodes, and amazing special offers to help you succeed in your training business. See you next time.